Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Good afternoon, Thursday edition of the Steve Jones Show. Happy Valentine's Day. News Radio 1070 WKOK. Sean Carey here, and Steve will be there in just a moment in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, Ford Lincoln Hyundai, North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury. And Sunbury Motors, Kia, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Lots of ways to get in contact with us. You can drop us a line by email, stevejones at wkok.com. We're on Facebook. Give us a like. We're on Twitter. Give us a follow at Steve Jones PSU. And we invite you to subscribe to our podcast. We're on iTunes, the Apple Podcast app, Google Play. Just type in Steve Jones Show in the search bar. Hit subscribe. We'll drop the shows right to your mobile device so you can listen to them anytime, anywhere. And you have access to three months of shows always on our homepage at stevejonesshow.com. So we'll be with you till 5 live here on WKOK. Of our late day news roundup at 5.06 with Zach Klein. And then Steve's back with you tonight after 6 for the Penn State Coaches Show from Permani Brothers in downtown State College with head coach Patrick Chambers before the team leaves on a jet plane for Purdue. Penn State Purdue Saturday afternoon here on WKOK. And after the Coaches Show tonight, we will have Chickalemi Braves wrestling, the rescheduled duel at Belfine. Steve Williams will be Matt side beginning at 7 tonight on WKOK. So if you're a Braves wrestling fan, but if you're not going to take the trip out to I-80, I-99 to Belfont, we'll have that for you tonight, of course, on 1070 AM and streaming at WKOK.com. And, uh, you know, he's not going to wait till tomorrow. Oh, cool. All right. So Steve's brother, Kevin Jones, he'll be with us later this afternoon. Doesn't want to wait till tomorrow. So we bow down to the king, the most interesting man in New England. <laughs> so there's been this golf story that's been, I wouldn't say marinating, because it's been, it's been out there for a few days. And it deals with Matt Kuchar. He says that he does not regret paying Caddy... David Ortiz, no, not that David Ortiz, the future baseball Hall of Famer. Caddy David Ortiz. He paid David Ortiz $5,000. And that $5,000 was taken out of the just under $1.3 million that Kucha received for winning a tournament in Mexico in in November. The amount has been criticized by some as being too small. 
Now, caddy deals on the PGA Tour vary greatly, but there's often an extra amount, a little bonus, thrown in for top 10 finishes and typically a 10% bonus for a win. Kuchar confirmed to Golf Channel that he and Ortiz, who was a fill-in caddy that week in Mexico, I guess Kuchar was scrambling and needed a caddy last minute. He originally agreed to a $3,000 fee for the week, and then a bonus would kick it up to $4,000. Well, after the win, Kuchar confirmed that he paid Ortiz $5,000, but he also offered the caddy an additional $15,000, but Ortiz turned it down. Kuchar told GolfChannel.com, it's done. It it, it was a fair and good deal. You can't make everybody happy. You're not going to buy people's ability to be okay with you. And this seems to be a social media issue more than anything. I think it shouldn't be, knowing that there was a complete agreed-upon deal that not only did I meet, but exceeded. So I certainly don't lose sleep over this. It's something I'm quite happy with. And I was really happy for him to have a great week and make a good sum of money. Making $5,000 a week is a great week. Social media reports about the money dispute began surfacing last month when Kuchar was in contention and then eventually won the Sony Open in Hawaii. And they resurfaced earlier this week when Golf.com published an interview with Ortiz in which he detailed his side of the story. Ah, uh, you got five thousand. Move on. <laughs> I mean, really? I mean, how many of you out there would like to earn five thousand dollars this weekend? Not too shabby. Ortiz works at a resort in Cancun, and some days he can make upwards of two hundred dollars a day. Uh, hey, how about that too? That's two hundred bucks. You know, two hundred bucks. Like, not everybody can get into digital media and hit the hit the hot stuff. I mean, you just. I mean, <laughs> Hey, speaking of speaking of our speaking of our head of digital media, I have some great news to share. He resigned. (laughs) (laughs) I shouldn't have paused. (laughs) Okay, now whatever you say is going to feel like a downer. (laughs) I'm your Ed McMahon, sir. (laughs) You are correct, sir. But we do have to give credit where credit is due to our one Kevin Herr and the one and only Dick Hort. We just received word a little earlier this afternoon that uh, Kevin and the coach Dick Hort, they have won a Pennsylvania Association of Broadcasters Award, outstanding coverage of local sporting event 2019 uh, for their work in the Shikolemi Central Mountain game last fall. So congratulations to Kevin and the coach. Just wanted to throw that out there. But the other guy quit because of the other guy. <laughs> this was before he resigned. Or retired. Yeah, not yeah, resigned. He retired. Co- no, Horty retired. But, let me but, let me rephrase that. He did not resign. But, he retired. But the rumors were running rampant in the station. It was that broadcast that led him to think I should get out. Have <laughs> <laughs> they got an award for that? <laughs> well, that that is a hearty congratulations uh, to Kevin, who does a great job, and to Coach Hort, who does a great job. And we're going to miss Coach Hort, but we're thrilled we have the Chief, and uh, Kevin, of course, does great work all the time. So congratulations. Well-deserved, well-earned, and uh, we're thrilled for them. And it's been a challenging year for Kevin with Shikolemi football, Shikolemi basketball. I know they're falling well below their expectations. I know they want to play and perform and do a lot better. And uh, so, But kudos to Kevin for the great work he did, too. So. 
Oh, well, you said it's been a challenging year, I thought, for the listeners. Uh, okay, so... <laughs> I'm back at 7, by the way. <laughs> Don't forget to tip your waiter. I thought it was 6.05 at Permanis. <laughs> yeah, it's Valentine's Day, and I get to spend it with Patrick Chambers. Yes. <laughs> Hey, coach, hey, come on. I don't need to tell you this. Nothing says more, nothing says Valentine's Day than an awesome sandwich with the fries mixed in. <laughs> and give me some extra fries on the side. Just make sure that Italian bread's fresh. That's one thing about Pittsburgh, where it's like fries and slaw is on everything. Yeah. I, ice cream sundae, fries and slaw. I'm like, no, 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 no. I, I want hot fudge. <laughs> I'm a caramel I'm sorry, kind get, of guy. Sorry, you get fr- fries and slaw with your ice cream sundae. I mean, that, that, that to me, that carries it too far. It is a unique delicacy, the Primanti sandwich. I, I, I get slaw to an extent. I mean, they really pile on the slaw. I, oh, they I, pile I, on the slaw, right? Yeah, I've got to cut back on the slaw a little bit, but... Pizza, uh, slaw and fries. No, I just want pepperoni. <laughs> Oh, yeah, we got that tonight from 6.05 to 7. Oh, well. <laughs> Congratulations to Kevin and Dick. That's I'm absolutely thrilled for them. See, if you apply for no, no, enough of those, you get one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll let them have one this year. <laughs> Hey, oh, there's another give, entry for him. Yeah, uh, no, no. He said, there, maybe if we give them one, they'll stop bothering us. <laughs> <laughs> and in 2020, oh, we're free and clear. Right. Oh, no, wait. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm thrilled for them. I think that they do awesome work. We are. Awesome work. Awesome work. We're having a little fun with it, but. They do awesome work in all seriousness. And he was ecstatic. You could have you could have sworn he just walked off the golf course after hitting an ace. He was that happy. He was pumped up. How happy would he know that feeling? I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me put it this way. You you want to know what it's going to feel like when he gets an ace on the golf course? Yeah. All right. It'll be his three playing partners and you laying on the ground passed out. <laughs> <laughs> that couldn't have happened. Boom. <laughs> With our luck, it'd be the furthest away from the clubhouse. We'd be down near the strip. <laughs> yeah, we're down by the strip. And like, I'm telling you, we're going to have to send a bunch of golf carts out there. There's a problem. <laughs> what, 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 that would be what? Probably the furthest away would be 14. What, it, right? Uh, uh, the back yeah, nine? Uh, I believe so, yeah. Or, 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 or are you thinking about the front nine? Man, I was thinking of the, fr- I was thinking of the, the, oh, the, the front, front nine. nine. Oh, yeah. yeah, no, no. We'd be by the third hole. And if you got a hole in one <laughs> on the third hole, the third hole's got that stupid tree sitting there. I'm telling you right now, I'm going to might bring a chain, like a home light myself, <laughs> right before we hit knock that thing down. <laughs> it drives me nuts. Trying to draw that ball in there, that stupid tree is sitting right there. Like, come on, man. Who designed this hole? <laughs> Jerry Player? Come on. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, all right. The, uh, oh, we got Chickalemi at Belfont tonight. We do, not far from your place. Now, 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 Steve Williams does an incredible job. Yes. And the difference is he didn't apply for an award. All right. So <laughs> he probably wouldn't even know the address. 
<laughs> and that's not a knock on Steve, but <laughs> I mean, you know, some people he doesn't just, he doesn't have that in his so, he doesn't have that in his in his iDex on his phone. You know, I mean, so. some people just do the job for the love of the job. <laughs> not for, and not for the hardware. <laughs> so we answered a bunch of emails yesterday, Steve Jones at WKOK.com, and we got one from Rob. He had some hockey questions. Uh, he was at the uh, the match on Saturday night at Pagula, the one that you were that you were at as well. Yeah, he just sent us another quick email. Hey, thanks for covering this. It was cool to hear. Uh, the one thing I did forget to ask, and actually Rob and I are sharing a brain here, how come that Kevin Jones hasn't talked about Celebrity Big Brother? I would love to hear that. I actually thought of that last night. I was, I've been shocked the last couple of weeks that, uh, that your brother hasn't brought up Celebrity Big Brother. That's been on for about a month or so. Because he just has that such an infatuation <laughs> with that show. So now, okay, you've already wrecked my nirvana enough today. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Just the mere thought that the guy that had a digital media is dancing in the streets. <laughs> I mean, even local police don't know what to do with it. Uh, and now we're going to talk about Celebrity Big Brother. All right, if you want to bring it up, go ahead. That's fine. I have no idea who's considered a celebrity to be in Celebrity Big Brother. Uh, let's just say they're not A-listers in the house. We'll just put it at that. Okay. Celebrities that are still, well, let's just say they want to try to get back into being relevant. Okay. So. So let me get this straight. If one guy drives the other guy to quit, you can still get an award for it. <laughs> I guess that's what happened. <laughs> Retiring. Not resigned. Slip of my tongue there. Yeah, whatever word you want to come up with. <laughs> I mean, I'm thinking about Doug here for a moment, Birdsong. Like, he hangs in all the time. He could get awards and just quit. Hmm. True. So one guy causes the other guy to quit and gets an award. This is like this is like the Tigers broadcast team that fought with each other and then they got fired. Maybe we should have given them an award. Oh, that's right. That happened last summer, didn't it? Yeah, cuz my buddy Matt Shepard got the Tigers job. They're just trying to like, you know, like piece together because I mean like there's a lot of Shangri-La on a day like this. I'm just kind of analyzing the moment. How did we get here? Why is the award winner for color analyst no longer with the broadcast? <laughs> How'd that happen? Which game might that have happened in? Rumors are running rampant. It was the Central Mountain game that was the breaking point. <laughs> Congratulations. Uh, it's... Uh, it's a great award. I feel like it's like WKRP in Cincinnati, like the Silver Sow. No? That's not it? Chai Chai Roger Guise. <laughs> Chai Chai Rodriguez. <laughs> it was Les Nesman. And Howard Hesman played Dr. Johnny Fever. WKRP, more music, less Nesman. <laughs> we'll come back with more in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK, your home of award winning Shikalimi football broadcasts. All right, congratulations to Kevin and the coach, Coach Hort, for being named number one by the PAB in high school football play-by-play for their Shikalimi Central Mountain broadcast. 
All right. Uh, congratulate. Well-earned, well-deserved, two outstanding individuals, great broadcasters. Uh, don't know the name of the person that sent this. 1986, Penn State basically won its national championship because so many fifth-year seniors came back. Now you can't count on anybody playing more than three years between kids leaving early and the NFL. Injuries and the transfer poll is redshirting now obsolete. That's a topic we'll take care of in the next half hour. Today's show is brought to you by our good friends at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Here on News Radio 1070 WKOK, the home of award winning Shikalumi football broadcasts. Taking your calls at 800 795 9565. This is The Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. All right, uh, today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Key, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Congratulations to Kevin Err and the Coach Dick Hort. Number one play-by-play in the state for their Shikolami Central Mountain broadcast. Congratulations from us to them. Well-deserved, well-earned. Now let's get to the emails. We've had a lot of email questions the last couple of days. So let's get to this one. Then something dealing with Rutgers moving to the Big Ten and the losses they've incurred in doing it. Yes, they've been losing money. Uh, Let's see. This is, uh, I don't know who wrote this, but it's very thoughtful. 1986, Penn State basically won its last national championship because so many fifth-year seniors came back. True. Now you can't count on anybody playing more than three years between kids leaving early for the NFL, injuries, and now the transfer portal. Is redshirting now obsolete? Excellent question. It is not obsolete, and this is the reason why. There will be, if you are capable of playing, this is where redshirting will become obsolete. If you're ready to play early, Even if there's somebody in front of you that is established, they'll play you because guess what? You don't know what's going to happen over the next three years. So you'll play them. So you'll see more and more freshmen probably playing. But redshirting is not obsolete because some people, when they make the move, aren't ready yet. And you can't put in people who are not ready to play yet. Everybody develops at their own rate. For example, I think Aeneas Hawkins and Judge Culpepper eventually are going to be very good players for Penn State. But neither one of them was ready to play this this past season. Having an additional year to get acclimated, go through practices... And then by the time you get to the end of the year, you know, you're you're closer to playing, but you're not quite there yet. And you had other people more established in front of you. That's why redshirting will not be obsolete. You're also going to have some players that will fit into the model of being playing four or fewer games that will maintain a redshirt that at least give them a chance to cut their teeth on the field. Justin Shorter, perfect example. Daniel George, perfect example. But Jahan Dotson, they got to a point where they had to play him. So redshirting will not be obsolete. 
But if somebody's capable of playing, and let, you saw really this with the example of Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders never redshirted. Even though he was behind Saquon Barkley, they still played Miles Sanders, sometimes as a kickoff returner, sometimes filling in for Barkley to give him a rest when he needed it. So even with Saquon Barkley there, they played Miles Sanders because the gut feeling was the entire time, quote, we might only have Miles Sanders here three years. That's where it comes into play. But you're going to see redshirting on offensive lines. You're going to be seeing redshirting on defensive lines. I mean, really every position is still going to redshirt with the idea that you can play somebody a couple of games. Rasheed Walker played two games this year. Juice Scruggs played a game this year. The Connor McGoverns, who go three years and then opt for the NFL draft, believe it or not, I consider that to be a rarity. Orion Bates was here four years. He redshirted one year. He played three. But he was here four years. Steven Gonzalez redshirted, but he's going to play and take his fifth year. Michael Mennett playing on. So everybody is the, has their own case scenario. Sharif Miller did not come back for his fifth year. But let's be honest about it. Sharif Miller's family needs the money. They do not, he does not come from a family of means by any way, shape, or form. And he's got a shot at getting picked. He has a shot to help his family out. It's like Tony Carr had a shot in basketball to help his family out last year. So they're taking the shot. They're doing it not just for themselves, but they're doing it for other people around them. Connor McGovern, that's not his situation. His family's fine. But he received a good grade. He's going to go for it. That's fine. But redshirting is not going to be obsolete. Now, redshirting in mass, like Penn State used to do, like Nebraska has done forever, that's going to end. Because if you have a high-profile guy, like Kajana Carter redshirted. Kajana Carter in today's environment would not redshirt. Kajana would not redshirt in today's environment. Just the way it is. And I think that you you look across the the country, the higher-profile guys are guys you're going to have to play right away. But always remember, everybody develops at their own rate. There's always going to be a group of players that are not capable yet of playing at this level that they need more break-in time. Maybe it's some some skill they don't quite have yet. Maybe it's something they're having trouble grasping, a technique, a play, something that is holding them or having somebody in front of them that's just so good they just can't break through. That's an excellent question. I'm glad we were able to talk about that. Redshirting will not go away because... You have players that are still going to need to redshirt. Not everybody wants to go into the transfer portal. Not everybody wants to go right away. Everybody would love to go to the NFL draft early, but realistically, they know they they can't do it. And as I said, some players just need to take time. Or you'll have players like, for example, Justin Shorter, Daniel George, Trent Gordon, 
that are going to play up to the maximum of four games maintain their red shirt? That's a very good question, very good point. Now let's get to the Rutgers situation. Okay, why is it that Rutgers... Okay, the Big Ten wanted to bring Rutgers and Maryland in because they're trying to expand the footprint into the lucrative television markets of Washington, D.C., Baltimore, New York City. No getting around it. That's why they did it. In the end, for Maryland, Maryland was in financial straits, bad financial straits. The idea of going to the Big Ten was going to open the door for them to be fiscally solvent in athletics within 10 years of joining the Big Ten. This is year number six, I want to say. What was the first year of C? 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, and year 19. This is sixth year. Maryland should start getting a is two years away from getting a full share from the Big Ten. Okay, so you're going to say obviously Rutgers is going to get a full share in two years. Nope. So let's explain how this works. I find this fascinating. Rutgers will not get a full share from the Big Ten until 2027. You're asking, why is it different for them? You want to know why? Because they were in such bad financial straits when they joined the Big Ten, and I mean really bad, okay, that they needed an advance from the Big Ten. Rutgers has incurred almost $200 million in losses and deficits since joining the Big Ten. Rutgers' athletic department budget this year is $93 million. What was Penn State's? One forty-four, Something like that? Ohio State's at two twenty-one. Rutgers is not going to get a full draw from the Big Ten and won't until 2027 because the university took an advance to help balance the athletic department's budget. That's something a lot of people don't know. And that, and because of that advance... That has delayed them getting the full share. You talk about schools getting about $51 million full share. Rutgers isn't doing that. And that's become a big problem. Because they had to take an advance to get somewhere along the line back to solvency. So the Rutgers, here's, here's how it works. Full distribution for the Big Ten. Okay, These are all estimates. Is that it's about a little bit better than $50 million this past year. $51.5 million. Okay, Now let's listen to what Rutgers gets. 2018, about $50 million for everybody, right? Full distribution. Rutgers gets $23.8 million. 2019, 5105 Rutgers gets 26.2. 2020, 
Rutgers, the, the uh, conference, each school, 53.045. Rutgers is 28.6. 2021, 54.6. Rutgers will get then jump to 43. 2021 was supposed to be the original full distribution date. But they're still way behind everybody else. They're lagging 11 million behind. 2022, 56-46. 2023, 58 51-51. 2025-61-53. 2026-63-56. 2027-65-65. 28-67-67. 29-69-69. So they're lagging behind, getting approximately 40%. Well, let's just let's round it up. 45%. They're getting 45% of the money this year, next year, and the year after. In 21, they finally get to the full distribution rate. Nope, they're at 80%. Okay, so The athletics department at Rutgers has accumulated $193 million in losses, according to David Hughes, vice president of the Rutgers Faculty Union. Now, in the end, they'll get the full number at $65 million. Huge. They'll be doing better than almost every other non-Big Ten school in the country. And once they get to the full distribution rate, now who knows how far, who knows what the landscape's going to look like in 2027. I mean, you got the world sitting there saying that athletes should be paid right now that play football and basketball. All right, that's fine. Here's, Here's my question for that. You have to look at what are the unintended consequences. If they get paid, what do they have to do? You're a football player. If you get paid now, what do you have to do? What changes for you? Oh, you're getting money, right? You also have to pay taxes. Right now, on your scholarship, you do not have to pay taxes on your scholarship. Well, do the rules change where now you're, okay, you're getting paid, but you also then have to pay taxes on the Monetary value of your scholarship? You have to pay taxes on the monetary value of your housing? You have to pay taxes on the monetary value of your books? You'll have to pay taxes on the gear you get. I don't mean uniforms. I don't mean shoulder pads, helmets, jerseys, and game pants and game socks and cleats. I'm talking about the gear gear you get. T-shirts, sweatshirts, hats. Sweatsuits, warm-ups. Right? That's considered income now. Do uh, you know, uh, players have the opportunity to get tickets? You have to pay taxes on those. You know, my family wants to go to the game. I can get four tickets. Okay, great. Four tickets. Uh, now i got to pay for it. you got to pay taxes on it. See, there's all these little things along the way that you know, sit there and go... Uh, you never it is very easy to sit there 
and do a show like this. Athletes ought to be paid because guess what? They're, they're, all these universities are making all this money off their sweat. Well, first of all, the entities making money off this their sweat are nonprofit agencies. Penn State has a cushion of five to ten million that they try to keep in place. That's a rainy day fund. You're trying to put money back into maintenance for facilities, oh, which, by the way, benefit the student-athletes. You're putting sports performance into place, which benefits the student-athletes. Weight room benefits the student-athletes. Nutrition stations benefit the student-athletes. You know, I mean, all these elements benefit the student-athletes. Now, the argument that's very hard when it's introduced is, look how much money the coaches are making. First of all, I think James Franklin... And what he does, considering all the sports Penn State has to support, is worth every dime he's getting to keep Penn State football as high as it is, as relevant as it is, as exciting as it is, because all the people that are being drawn in to Beaver Stadium to watch those games, and you need a minimum of attendance at Beaver Stadium. That puts a lot more pressure on the football coach. He's got more pressure than any other coach here. Every coach has pressure on them. Because they, they personally want to win. Cale Sanderson personally wants to win. Russ Rose personally wants to win. But in terms of having the additional financial burden of winning, your football coach and, yes, your men's basketball coach have more external pressure as to what it means for the budget than anybody else. Because failings in either one then make you scramble a little bit. So, you know, James is worth every dime he gets because you got a bunch of other sports depending on what football does. I'll never forget, I want to say Zara Moss. Zara Moss is an outstanding fencer. She finished second last year in Sabre at the NCAA Championships as a freshman. Zara may win the whole thing this year. Homeschooled, bright, bubbly, incredible personality. And she looked at me and she says, I love football. You know why I love football? Why is that? Because we get defense because football's so great here. Student athletes know. We'll come back, talk more about this in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Your home for award winning Shikalimi football. Cupid's arrow has hit the bullseye. Cupid has hit the sign in front of Sunbury Motors Kia. Drive by and you'll believe in love at first sight, too. Lease a new Kia for under $200 a month. Fall in love with this deal at Sunbury Motors Kia. Lease a 2019 Kia Forte LXS for just $196.40 a month for 39 months. But that's not all. During the Kia President's Day sales event, a 2019 Kia Sportage LX is priced at just $247.94 a month. And a 2019 Kia Nero LX starts at only $255.13 a month. Both for 39 months. All new Kias come with an industry-leading 10-year 100,000-mile powertrain warranty. Cupid hit the bullseye of savings at Sunbury Motors Kia. Routes 1115 in Hubble's War. Leases are 39 months, 10,000 miles per year, $2,000 due at signing, no security deposit required, tax and tags included, offers expire 228.19, warranty is a limited powertrain warranty, for details see retailer or go to kia.com. <clears throat> but again, that's, that's uh, when it comes time to have a serious discussion about paying student athletes, football and basketball players, 
Part of that serious discussion has to be taxes. You're going to get taxed. Right now, having a scholarship, you're exempt from that. I believe getting the stipend, you're exempt from that, I believe. Housing? Nope. Don't have to worry about that. Books? Nope. All that's off the table. Again, your hard work, your sweat, and sometimes battling through either being hurt, maybe multiple times, or or then worse, being injured, the end result is that if you do it right, you walk out with a degree and debt-free. Other students on campus don't have that. They have to take out loans to do that. Now, they're not sacrificing their bodies physically by getting hit, pushed, cut, whatever, like a student-athlete does. But the student-athlete does have that major advantage. No debt. Fresh start. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors. Your station for news, weather, business, and CBS Sports Radio. News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury and on WKOK.com.